start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. Hopefully everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. So here we go. Today is the day that we've been talking about now for the last couple of weeks of what we would be doing here today. So let me explain it to you just in case if you have not heard, but here's what we have going on today. Today was the interview. Should I even call it an interview? Today is the episode that we called it AMA, Ask Me Anything. So what we did was we took a look at all the questions that came about and we compiled them and said, okay, let's see which ones of the same questions came in the most. And then we said, let's take an answer to those that are there. And then the ones that are what I will call the rarities or the oddities that we have not answered before. I also said, let's take a deep dive into those in particular. So we're starting this thing off and we're going to answer them in the best order possible um, in regards to the questions that did come in. So thank you for everybody who did submit a question, either via email, messenger, or even via voicemail um, by sending those in. So we will respond to those as to the best of my ability and try to share everything possible with you as we are talking on this version of the podcast today and the broadcast as we're talking about what exactly is going on. So take a listen to this. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. So I'm going to tell you, here's the fun part about this whole thing. I'm going to give this to you straight off the cusp. So meaning I am going to read the question, even though I kind of have seen some of the ones that have come in. Um, But I'm going to read the question and then whatever exactly comes to mind um, as I'm reading the question out loud. That's the answer I'm going to give you. It's not going to be an edited thing or anything um, along those lines. So we're going to keep this as realistic as possible as we are talking. Uh, So the first question comes in from John from Virginia, and it says, why did you get into safety? I feel like to some extent I've answered this question in the past, but I always like to cover it a little bit. Um, I guess the simplest way to explain it was I actually used to be involved with a organization uh, that I actually helped out doing transportation and deliveries and things along those lines. And it really stemmed from a pretty major catastrophic accident that involved a fatality. Um, and I was on the operation side of the house when this did occur. And unknowingly, I actually started getting involved in safety. And what do I mean by unknowingly? I started putting such a huge emphasis on getting people back home 
in regards of being alive in pretty much the same condition that they arrived in opposed to anything else. So unknowingly, I took some big dives inside of the transportation side of the planet and really did um, investigations into understanding better how to better become a defensive driver, how to properly train drivers in regards of being behind the wheel. I'll tell you that at the time, too, we started taking a look into behavior modification items. And let me explain what I mean by that. Essentially, that's what they call cameras inside of the transportation industry as behavior modification items. But those were some of the things that I took a look into and really led me down the road of safety, not realizing at the time that that's what I was doing. As I started getting further and further away from operations, I really started covering into how important safety was for the organization. Now, the fun part is I I can't sit here and tell you that, you know, It's not one of these things that either your operations or your safety, because some people get all hung up on that. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying at the time, that's what I started to get away from. I started to get away from the operation side of the house because I was so concerned on what ended up occurring um, inside of that pretty pretty big accident that happened. It was a a fatality um, accident when it was all said and done. And there's a lot more to that story that I'm sure that if you haven't heard me speak at, at one of these events, we will we'll probably end up covering on, on another podcast but or a broadcast. That's how we ended up actually, get, I ended up getting into this whole thing of related to safety, which happened many, many, many moons ago. So, John, thank you for the question there. Uh, question number two comes in from Samantha from Pennsylvania. It says, why did the, why did the field of psychology appeal to you? Well, that's kind of a mixed bag answer. Um, I kind of realized as I was going through and I had already received, I had already actually gotten a degree in broadcasting um, by this time. And I was interested in furthering the whole concept of what I understood in regards of the world of safety. Uh, But it kind of got kind of strange there because I knew that I didn't want to go after a safety degree. And for years, I had heard my sister talk about how she was actually getting a degree in psychology and she was getting a degree in um, industrial and organizational psychology. And from a mental standpoint, I started taking a look into that and said, "Okay, so if I can understand how organizations are, how will this apply to what I want to do in the long run when it comes to the world of safety? And I kind of looked at that whole I guess, form of how they interacted um, inside of the organizations when it comes to industrial and organizational psychology that I said, okay, this could apply to the world of safety. I just, it's going to be definitely a learning curve in regards of doing this, but will also be something that will be pretty interesting in the long run on how we'll get this set up. And then of course, the other side of the, of the equation is that my sister was going for a master's degree in psychology. So having the opportunity of actually going after a doctorate in psychology um, excited me about the whole thing. And of course, me and my sister have always been competitive. I think that I, uh, I'm i a little bit more competitive when it, uh, opposed to her in regards of me going after her, where she's trying to make the world better, but I'm trying to compete on how can I do these things? I know that's a terrible thing to say, but it's um, the reality side of how it actually worked out. But that's essentially how I ended up getting into the world of psychology. And that's why it was appealing to me because I just really wanted to have a better understanding on how people did the things that they did inside of organizations. A lot of people kept on thinking when I was 
going through that phase that I was very interested in becoming a human resource director or something along those lines. I had no interest whatsoever. And it was kind of interesting at the time. I'll just go a little bit further into this because at the time when I was working at a particular safety department for an organization, I reported into HR and I ended up telling the HR director that, uh, that I was, that I had actually obtained my, my doctorate in industrial and organizational psychology. And the relationship became kind of strange afterwards because she almost felt like I was gunning for her job, which I truly had no interest in. Thanks for the question, Samantha. Uh, so going on to the next one, it says, uh, this one came from Matt from New Zealand. It said, when did your love of radio start? And I can't, that one's an interesting one because the one that I can remember the most when it comes to that is I can remember being much younger and then just listening to those voices on the radio. And I want to say I was probably about, I, I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say about eight, eight. And at this particular portion in my life, I was actually living in Puerto Rico. And it was just interesting to me taking a listen to what people could do on the radio. Because if you kind of think about it for a moment, back in these days, this is pre-iPad, this is pre-internet. Um, so people are not on their devices like they are now. But you're thinking about this. So think about the car ride that you might have had when you were younger going to school. And sometimes you get stuck in traffic. And these are probably one of the most miserable times inside of your life, especially if you're stuck in the traffic standpoint and trying to get to school or to work for that fashion. And it was always mesmerizing to me on how someone who you didn't know, all you heard was their voice, could control so much of the environment. It was one of those things that it was, they played the music that they wanted to play or the radio station told them to play. And then they controlled the atmosphere. You know, it's kind of interesting because if you really take a listen to, to morning radio or even afternoon radio, they really never talk about how miserable it is to be stuck in the car taking a listen, or at least at that time they didn't. Um, but they would talk about, you know, those happy-go-lucky feelings. And essentially, the person that was hosting on the radio would set the mood for the car in a weird kind of way without you even knowing the person. And it was always kind of like that secret voice thing of who is the person behind the voice. And, of course, you've, I'm sure you've heard thousands of times people say, oh, yes, you have a face for radio. And that's what it comes about, where, you know, you know the voice, but you might not know the face. I mean, of course, nowadays, that is much different. But I want to say that I was back um, roughly about eight years old. And if I had to take a look back and say um, probably one of the first radio jocks that, I, that, I, that comes to mind, there was a guy by the name of The Gangster is what he went by. And that was based out of good old Puerto Rico. He actually does a radio show now that's definitely um, still tending towards the Hispanic market. But it, it leans, uh, I think he actually comes out of um, Miami now is where he's actually doing it from. Um, so, Matt, thank you for the question. Uh, the following question comes from Tom from Nevada. It said, what would you say to someone who's on, who is on the fence about the COVID vaccine? You know, that that's one of those questions that I still find interesting till this date uh, in regards of, you know, the vaccine being readily available and people having to make the um, the decision on what they want to do with that. And it's kind of it's it's I, I don't want to say that I want to avoid this question because it is called ask me anything. But if I'm speaking with someone and we're having a conversation going back and forth 
and they're telling me about they're on the fence on the vaccine, like you're saying right here, Tom. What I would recommend strongly to you is talk to your medical provider. You know that you've probably been going to a medical provider for quite some time, and they will be the best person to tell you what exactly would work best for your case. Because that's the thing. We have so many different public opinions, it's kind of hard to really answer that question. You need to do what is best for you. And I think that your current medical provider, the person that's been providing service to you for X period of time, will know more about you than me, average Joe on the street, to be able to answer that question. So I think that if you talk to your medical provider who's been providing service for you for years, that would probably be the best case scenario. I always tell that, you know, you have to really treat it as individual cases on how you feel like that you need to move forward with it. But I think that the best source of information is definitely talking to your medical provider, not somebody new that you found online or anything along those lines. I'm talking about to a medical provider that you've been going to for some period of time that you've already had some, some level of interaction with. And I think that that is the best decision that you can make. And then based on that information, you go wherever you deem to go. Now, keep in mind of this. I am not a medical doctor. I am not an MD. So that is definitely an opinion answer. It is definitely what I would tell anybody who I know who's on the fence about it, because you have to do what is right for you and your scenario. That's going to be the thing. Like I, I would, I will tell you if I would, if I lived out in the middle of the boonies, um, and had nobody around and I lived by myself and that was and the only interaction that I had was people dropping off food um, at, at my door that I ordered on Amazon or whatever. I would probably have a different answer of my, what I would tell people in my personal life than what I would have if I actually lived in a crowded area. So it, I think that just talking to your medical provider will probably be the best case scenario on that one. Tom, thank you for the question. So here's the next one. It says, does HOP evolve as a program or is it only related to safety? And this actually comes from Susan in Texas. So does HOP evolve as a program or is it only related to safety? Well, here's the thing. And, and this is where it gets confusing for some people. When I say this following line, this is where it gets very confusing. HOP is essentially not a program. Yeah, and, and I didn't stutter when I said that. So I want to make sure that I'm clear. HOP is not a program. Human and organizational performance is a point of view. You in an organizational performance is a way to think of things in regards of changing the organization, in regards of changing what is going on there. Now, a lot of people tie it into safety. So I get it. I get where it can be slightly confusing. If I can tell you anything, I would almost consider it as an add-on, a bolt-on, however you want to take a look at it, somewhere to grow. Because here's the worst thing you could ever say to someone. Imagine that your organization has spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in regards of actually um, building a program. And all of a sudden I walk in and we're talking and I say, toss everything out the window and let's start off from scratch. A lot of companies are not going to be okay with that. So when you start coming into this and you start taking a look and you say, hey, how can we start this? And is it only related to safety? No. And I think that, that that's where HOP has gotten a bad rap to some extent. Now, I'm going to tell you, here's where um, my plugging will start. So I'm not going to lie. 
There's a book that Todd Conklin wrote many, many, many years ago that is called Simple Revolutionary Acts. I want to say it was written back in 2002, but don't hold me 100% to that one. But he wrote this book, and if I unknowingly, when you take a read to it, and I've had several conversations with him about the book, it is the fundamentals of the thought process of hop. So he's going down this path already thinking about these things. And I, th- and I really think that if most organizations started off from there, from that particular book and kind of the mindset that's in that book, it would be an easier transition as they go forward. So just going through that whole process of having an understanding of the simple revolutionary acts that one can do inside of an organization and then transfer into the hop principles. Um, Some people love that book from Todd. That's the five principles book going directly into that. Some people like to go through the pre-accident investigation right after the simple revolutionary acts book. What I would, what I would recommend, and of course this will probably be not in the direction that Todd would actually do it, but I would probably say go through simple revolutionary acts and then go into the five principles and take a look at that. That way you kind of take a look and know that it actually does evolve. It's not only related to safety, but there's some other things that, um, that come into it as well. Susan, thank you for the question. Okay. Next question that came in says, which is your favorite show to host? And that's from Joe from New Jersey. So thanks Joe for the question. That's going to be an interesting one because here's the thing. You're almost asking me to say, which one's my favorite child? Cause that's what it boils down to. So for all of you that are out there that might not know, I actually host three different shows and that's not talking about the ones that I executively produce also, but the ones that I actually host that I'm actually behind the microphone is that of course you have this show right here, the Jay Allen show. Um, and then we have the rated R safety show, which is another show that I do. And then I also do a show I'm um, called. Jay Allen in the mornings, and that one's kind of more of a music one. Now, if I had to give a breakdown of the three different shows, the the interview style show that I do is the Jay Allen show, which is the show right here. Of course, today I'm not doing an interview unless you say that you asking me the questions is me essentially interviewing myself under the ask me anything portion. And then the so the Jay Allen show, we normally do all kinds of interviews and we try to bring different people in from different walks of life. When we first started off, it was mostly heavily evolved around safety. But then we've kind of changed that as we went through. Uh, We wanted to make sure that we were able to answer different questions for different people, depending on exactly what was going on. So that's kind of been some of some of the changes that we've done through that. Uh, So then once we started getting into that, more people were asking for different style show. They were like, hey, can you give us a show on the network, meaning on Safety FM? Could you give us a show that is really driven towards um, how people talk out in the field and how we actually look at safety? And we did some of that. And we started off with that. And people wanted to rant and rave at the very beginning on, you know, if they didn't like their employer um, and some of that stuff. So we did that at the very beginning on when we started off with the Rated R Safety Show. But then it's kind of like transferred and changed into some other things where now the Rated R Safety Show is very heavy on news and then more of conversation on what uh, other people's point of views are in regards of what's going on in the world of news and safety. And it's just amazing the amount of people that show up in the box. And when I talk about the box, I'm talking about the chat box that jump in and kind of um, tie in on what they have going on in that particular regards. It's really, it's really something that's changed. And then the last show that I do is called the Jay Allen in the Morning Show. And that's kind of our, our freeform radio style show. 
that's actually hosted on a station called Radio Big, and their and their web address is radiobig.fm, uh, where you can actually come out, hang out. I host the show. We talk a little bit about everything. That's more kind of a, an, an entertainment style show, and we do some music and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's kind of a different genre, um, depending on what you're taking a look at. Now, keep in mind that the Jay Allen show, the one that you're listening to right now, only comes out twice a week, where the Rated R Safety Show is five times a week, and so is Jay Allen in the mornings on Radio Big. That's five times a week. So which one takes the large, the larger time commitment? Well, of course, the five days, the five days out of the week show, because that's exactly how that's going to be. Now, the ones that actually take a little bit more, um, more things to get aligned to everything to work out is this show right here, because we have to make sure that the guests are able to come on and everything along those lines. Now, I'll, I will tell you, if you've ever been a guest on this show, we don't actually, we don't, um, we don't do any kind of like pre questions or anything along those lines. We either have you reach out to us or we reach out to you and we go, okay, we are going to do this as realistic as possible. And we want to make sure that it is um, essentially just a very, very unique conversation opposed to it saying, okay, I'm going to ask you this. You're going to respond that I do not like to have um, predetermined questions. I want it to be as organic as possible because I think that there is some authenticity behind it. So Joe, I know I'm pretty much did not answer your question because I don't really have a favorite show. I like them all differently in one way, shape or form. So, but thank you for the question. Next question came in from Britt from Australia. If you could do it all over again, would safety be your chosen path? That's a good one. That's, that's a good question. I have to tell you. And the reason is because it makes me think about a lot of things here. Now, keep in mind that my path has been kind of, kind of an interesting one. And the reason that I say that is because I started off in radio before I got into safety and I stopped, I stopped doing radio where I could essentially get into transportation and safety. And then safety led me back to radio as much as that's kind of a confusing answer. I don't think I'd really change anything about it. I think that, um, I would actually still end up going through the path of safety because on how big of an impact the event that led me to safety was I mean, it was a huge impact in my life. It changed everything for me. It was one of the biggest impacts to this day that I still look back at and go, okay, I can tell you the moment in time when this occurred, how I felt and everything that changed for me from that particular perspective on. So I would definitely say that, yes, I would still go down the same path. Now, the question might also, you can probably almost even turn it into is that the way that I want to get involved into safety? Eh, probably not. The, not really. I don't. I didn't really want it to start off with a fatality. That's for sure. But then again, I don't think that without that actually occurring in the way that it did, that I would actually be involved. If we're if we're just kind of being a hundred percent across the board. So, Britt, I appreciate the question. Um, next question that came in says, "What are the plans for the future for Safety FM?" And this is coming from Steve from Florida. So, Steve, thank you for the question. What are the future plans for Safety FM? To be honest with you, the the way that it works here is we're constantly looking for new content. Listen, we have thousands of people that listen every week to the radio station itself, including the, and then you can add thousands of people every, every episode that came out for the podcast as well. And we're constantly looking for new content. The goal with Safety FM has always been the same. 
I don't want it to be a station that you come to and it's only one thing that people are talking about. So if I could give a better, if I could give a better example, let me explain it this way. I don't want it to be a right wing radio station. I don't want it to be a left wing radio station. I want you to be able to come here and listen to a different mix of different things that are available. Not everybody's going to agree even on the radio station in regards to the amount of hosts that are there in regards of what actually, you know, one has one point of view, one has another point of view. And that's the way that I want it to work. I don't think that everybody's point of view should agree a hundred percent because I think it becomes very difficult to say that because then it becomes one of these weird things. If you believe one thing and that makes me all of a sudden believe that I have to agree with you because all of a sudden you're on the same station with me, which I don't think that that's the way to do it. I think the way to do it is where we have a mixture of everything so that's why you'll hear a huge difference between listening to a Tim Ludwig of the world and compared to a, a Samuel Goodman inside of the station. And I think that it becomes a very interesting, um, a, it, an interesting dialogue that you can have on the station because you could be listening right now on the radio station and you're getting one thing and later that afternoon, it can be something entirely different or vice versa. And it's not for you to agree with what the show host is saying. It's to have different perspectives of what's available out there. Because I think that that's the important part. So if you have the different perspectives, you then essentially start building your point of view on that. So hopefully I didn't go too far into a tangent there. But that is the plan for um, Safety FM is always to acquire new content with different points of view. Now, I don't want anything too crazy out there. I mean, I... I don't want, you know, anything that's out of the norm. I want things for people to think, you know, think about what is actually going on inside of the organizations on what should be able to change and so on. So, Steve, I do appreciate the question. Next question is coming from Jennifer from North Dakota. Will there be a live in-person event with a host from Safety FM? I feel, I feel, I feel like this question has went around for years at this particular point. And I will tell you at one point, probably the closest that we've ever been to doing something along those lines was probably last year. And then we had this um, pretty big thing that happened, which was a pandemic. So it kind of changed everything for us. But we had some plans or we had been talking to some of the show hosts in regards of doing some different things. And potentially there was going to be a event that was going to happen that we we're going to have some of the show hosts there. Not all of them, because I think it would be almost impossible to have them all there. Uh, but it would be to have the, the aspect of doing a live event. At this particular point, I think that our reality in regards of this would probably at this particular point be a lot easier to do as a virtual event than actually doing as an in-person. So is there something currently scheduled uh, out there for us to do? Um, unfortunately, the answer is no. Um, until some things in this world kind of change in regards to what's going on with the pandemic and kind of the world opens up a little bit, we will probably not be doing any live events. Um, we have done a couple of live roadshows is what we call them, but it's normally just one host um, at the event doing doing a thing or the other. I think the closest that we've had various um, was... Me and Sheldon have done one, and then we've also, I was able to have the opportunity to hang out with um, with Samuel Goodman and Emily Elrod 
uh, recently at Safety Day 2021 that occurred, and we were able to do something live there. So I think that's the closest for now. But when we do, we will definitely let everybody know out there what exactly is going on. So thank you for the question, Jennifer. Um, and then qu- the the next question says, can you name all of the current shows on Safety FM? And this is coming from Alexandra in Arizona. So, Alexandra, thank you for the question. So, I will tell you all the all the show hosts who are on Safety FM, and I will tell you the name of the shows because that's probably going to be a lot easier for me to be able to pull off exactly who all they are. Because if I have to sit here and try to tell you um, exactly who they are, I will probably um, butcher it all together. So. Uh, going through it real quick, we have the pre-accident investigation with Dr. Todd Conklin. We have the Safety Pro podcast with Blaine J. Hoffman, the Hop Nerd with Sam, with Samuel Goodman. Married to Safety is out there with Josh and Kayla Cowdell, the Accidental Safety Pro. Oh my God, my brain is freezing. So the Accidental Safety Pro is. Is, is another show that we have on there with Jill James, the safety consultant with Sheldon Primus, the safety of work with Drew Ray and David Proven, dragging up 6.0, JR Kitchen, Alan w- Wolford, and I'm going to, I always butcher this lady's name. She's going to hate me because that's all I ever do. If I, at one point in my, in my, in my life, I'm going to get it correctly. It's, I, I always want to say not stout, but it's Betsy Stout. So there you go. I'm unapologetically bold with Emily Elrod, re, rebranding safety with James McPherson. Now, James McPherson, his show actually comes out of the UK. The practice of learning teams. Um, we have the double Brents Robinson and Sutton inside of there with Glennis McCarthy. And that one comes out of Australia. The essential leadership cycle uh, comes out with Rob Fisher. The Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. Now, that one actually does come out of the UK as well, and that's actually with Colin Nautage. If you haven't taken a listen to that one, definitely take a listen um, to, to what's going on there. Crucial Talks with Mike Saddam. Insights into your safety culture with Tim Ludwig. And then the Safety Wars Podcast with Jim Pozel. And then Ted Speaks is another podcast that we have on our, on our network of things going on. And that's, that's our most recent one. And Ted actually, Ted um, is known as, Ted Kuru is known as the positivity coach. So definitely need to take a listen to that one. If you want something positive in your life as it is moving forward. And then of course we have the Jay Allen show, which is one of my shows. And then the other one is the rated R safety show. And that kind of concludes everything that we have going on inside of the radio station itself. And as you can tell, I am terrible with names, even with me being able to interact with different people. So there you go. Those are the questions. Thanks Alexa for the, for that one um, in regards of actually sending in the questions, but that's what I got for you. I appreciate the ask me anything that quickly. We're almost already at, at half an hour. Can you, can you believe that? So I appreciate the questions. I will try to make sure that we don't have this big of a gap between the next Ask Me Anything and the one that we just accomplished right now. Thank you for always taking a listen to what we have going on here on Safety FM. I really do appreciate you supporting the different 
broadcast and podcast that we have on the network. It's always fun being able to interact with you and hanging out. And hopefully this was able to answer some of the questions that you had out there. We're always looking forward to be able to answer anything that you got. If you want to come by the radio station or the website or the website for the radio station is really what I should be saying is go to safetyfm.com. That's safetyfm.com. The radio station is right there. It will play on your browser. Um, all you have to do is, is go to the listen now section, or you can even download the different apps where you can actually carry it with you. Thank you for always taking a listen to what we have going on. And don't worry, we'll be back with more episodes of the Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of The Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 44-0 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case. And you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.